Welcome back to another episode of Revealed Apologetics. I'm your host, Elias Ayala, and you will notice in this episode that we do not have our opening theme song. I have been uh, receiving some complaints about the change in the volume and that it's uh, at some points uh, very loud and other points very low. And so, um, again, I have mentioned in the past that if you if you have any comments and questions and things like that, you can reach out to me um, by emailing me at revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Um, and so if you have uh, a, a particular interest in letting me know that you, you like the, um, the intro, um, then I will try to rework it and keep it in. If you prefer that I just move right into the content, um, I will uh, take that into consideration this specific episode. Um, I'm going to be co- uh, covering the specific content uh, as opposed to having our normal introduction. So just throwing that out there today. Well, uh, real quick, um, if, you, if you're tuning into Revealed Apologetics on, on iTunes, uh, please be sure to subscribe. And of course, Revealed Apologetics on YouTube. There's a YouTube channel where I do many interviews and debates and things like that. Um, it would be greatly appreciated if you uh, went over to YouTube and hit the subscribe button. That would be very helpful and greatly appreciated over here on my end. Now, um, I do want to cover uh, the topic for today, which I think is a vitally important topic, and that is the issue of uh, scripture memorization. Scripture memorization. Now, as a teacher myself, um, I often confront students, or I, I rather students confront me rather, um, and uh, express their difficulty, their great difficulty with memorization. And I think this is a, a common misconception about the human mind. People will often say, well, I don't really have a, a good memory. I have difficulty uh, memorizing things, and, and I often forget things. And, and, and while that's true, memorization, when we're using our minds, it is like a muscle, and it requires um, practice and repetition and things like that. Um, but uh, we need to not underestimate the mind that God has given us. Our minds have the great uh, have a great capacity to memorize and to store and to recall and things like that. And um, I think we need to be able to uh, learn to utilize and train ourselves to utilize this great muscle, which is our our mind. Now, uh, when I often hear someone say that I don't have a good memory, I often uh, ask them, uh, what is your address? And of course, they remember their address, their phone number. They Well, today, many people don't memorize their phone numbers uh, because we have uh, you know smartphones and things like that. Um, but we tend to memorize a lot of things, and we tend to memorize the things that are important to us. And I think sometimes uh, what we need to do is prioritize that which we find important. You see, if our phone numbers and our addresses are important, when certain numbers, uh, you know, our bank account or whatever the case may be, we tend to memorize that which we deem important. And I think it's often necessary that we restructure our priorities um, such that the Word of God and memorizing the Word of God becomes uh, a very uh, important and significant part of our lives. And not just our lives, um, religiously speaking, remember, the entire life of the Christian is, is is an entire, it should be understood in a holistic fashion, in an all-encompassing fashion, such that we are not to separate our lives as Christians with our lives as, you know, whatever career you do or whatever you may be doing. The Word of God is something that spills into and is the foundation upon which everything else that we do in life is built, whether that's spending time with family, whether that's uh, doing well at our job, uh, whatever our responsibilities um, are, uh, this is very, very important to keep in mind. We do not have 
what we would what I would call a waffle-minded approach. When you look at a waffle, you have the kind of individual squares, um, and if our, sometimes our minds can be that way, sort of like a waffle, where we have these little compartments where we separate our religious life from our career, from our family life, and things like that. And I think it's very important and very biblical that we do not think like waffles. Okay, And so uh, we need to see the interrelatedness and the interconnectedness of the Word of God to all areas of our lives. Okay, It is also very important to understand that from an apologetics perspective, I mean, many people um, ask me when I speak at a conference or, or an event or something like that, uh, one of the common questions that I receive is, is Eli, what is... Uh, what is the best apologetics resource out there? You know, what what book can I read? What, uh, you know, what what resources can I get my hands on? And and, and of course, I have to give the generically uh, Christian answer, but uh, there is no better apologetic resource than the Word of God itself, the Bible. Um, it, it, and I think we run the risk as apologists when we're engaging in uh, personal study and we're reading philosophy and we're reading uh, science, perhaps where you know the context of our apologetic um, focus is perhaps you know the creation evolution debate. We can soak our minds in the scientific literature and the academic literature so much so that we are not living in the Word of God. It's oftentimes when people are studying apologetics that they can um, read more books about the Bible than the Bible itself. And I think this is a great, uh, the, the Christian apologist puts himself or herself at a great disadvantage because it is the scriptures, the word of God that needs to be the foundation and soil out of which everything else springs forth. From a worldview perspective, you guys hear me speak of the importance of worldviews. A worldview is that intellectual lens through which we see and interpret the world. And so we need to learn to interpret the world, not through the lens of some apologetics book, but through the Word of God itself. And so the Word of God in our study is, the, is an integral part of being a, a Christian uh, in general and a good Christian apologist specifically. Okay? It, is a, it is a powerful tool to memorize Scripture, uh, especially within the context of apologetics. Remember, we need to understand in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, we're told that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. What makes us equipped for every good work? What makes the man of God equipped for every good work? And what trains him in the ways of righteousness? What is the standard of correction and reproof and teaching? Well, it's the Word of God, the Scriptures, the Scriptures that is theanustas, the God-breathed Word. This is something that needs to be embedded in our hearts and our minds, and it must affect everything that we do, especially when we're talking about the field of apologetics. We need to be biblical apologists. Now, this does not mean that we do not engage in the study of the scientific issues and the historiographical issues and the philosophical issues, of course. I mean, Christians, uh, apologists want to be well-rounded. We want to know the issues, but the Word of God needs to be foundational, okay? 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us that we are to do our best to present ourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, check this out, rightly handling the Word of Truth. We need to rightly handle the word of truth. This is really, really important. Now, if we're not equipped in the word of God, then we run the risk of not 
rightly handling the word of truth, and then we run the risk of wrongly handling the word of truth. That our understanding of Scripture is so shallow that we misapply Scripture. And the the danger of that is that when you have a Christian apologist who understands the importance of worldview foundations, and that apologist claims that the Bible is the foundation and the lens through which everything is to be interpreted, how dangerous is it then when the apologist does not properly understand the Scriptures in what it's teaching? On the one hand, you could understand the Scriptures in the sense that it is that foundation, but what a dangerous thing to misunderstand that foundation and filter everything in human experience through a lens that is being misunderstood. You see, the issue is not that the Bible is is unclear. We believe in the perspicuity of Scripture. Scripture is clear. But when we are not studying the Word of God, we are unable to rightly divide it and rightly handle, as 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, the Word of Truth. And so we need to take our uh, study of the Word of God very, very seriously because it is the Word of God. It is breathed out by God. I think a very important uh, passage in this regard is uh, Psalm uh, chapter 119. And I want to read uh, a couple of verses here. So uh, Psalm 119 verses 1 through 16. Okay. And here's what it says. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word, check this out, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I'm going to say that last part again. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 16, the last portion there, I will not forget your word. Now here is a very important issue here. When, we, when we're memorizing scripture, it is not for the mere purpose of memorization, but rather the purpose of hiding God's word in our heart is so that we will not sin against God. And that the purpose of the Holy Spirit in dwelling the believers to bring back to remembrance the words of Christ. And so when we're memorizing the word of God, when we're hiding it in our heart, it becomes this tool that the Spirit uses to convict the heart and to guide us in the correct paths of living. And again, when this is in relation to apologetics, again, I want to keep it within the context of this podcast, is that when we're, when we're looking at this from the perspective of apologetics, we need to understand that the defense of the Christian faith is not merely an intellectual endeavor. But rather, the defense of the faith is also manifested in correct and righteous living. Living that considers what Psalm 119 says, the law of the Lord, his testimonies, his precepts, his statutes, his commandments, his righteous judgments. Okay, All of these things, by the way, are recorded for us in Holy Scripture. His law, his testimony, his precepts, his statutes. 
David says, I will hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And in verse 16, I will not forget your word. How important it is. How important it is to memorize the word of God. And it, and, and, and again, we need to keep a balanced perspective here, not merely for apologetic purposes, but for spiritual formation purposes so that we understand God and that we understand him rightly. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, I believe, uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Let me turn there real quick. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. And I think this is an important verse to keep in mind when we see the value in knowing God rightly. And again, knowing God rightly means that we are coming face to face with God in his inscripturated word. Here's what it says in verse uh, 23 through 24. Okay? Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast or glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these I delight, says the Lord. Okay? Now, the interesting thing is that this verse, this passage in Jeremiah 9, 23-24 is telling us what not to boast in, and that the only thing that is worthy of boast is to know and understand. Know and understand. This is very important because when we speak of knowing and understanding, you have this intellectual aspect, um, and you have this relational aspect. The intellectual aspect, when we understand God, we understand truths about God because we're reading and uh, the Word of God, we're studying the Word of God, and we're deriving from the text of Scripture what God is like. And then we know Him in terms of relationship because we understand Him better. We grow in our knowledge of who He is within the context of relationship. Okay. Now, this is very important because to know God the word to know in Scripture has a very, I think, very profound meanings that's very lost oftentimes in our English translations, okay? So, for example, uh, to know someone uh, or to know something, rather, within our modern context can oftentimes just mean intellectually, I, I know a fact or something like that. But that's not always the case in Scripture. Um, if you're familiar with the importance of apologetics and Christian doctrine in the midst of apologetics, uh, you'll know that the defense of the deity of Jesus Christ is is a vitally important aspect of, of Christian apologetics. And oftentimes when we're dealing with the cults like the Jehovah's Witness or uh, the Mormons or, or, or any view that might deny, for example, the deity of Christ um, for whatever reason, uh, defending the deity of Christ is a big part of Christian apologetics. Now, uh, as Christians, we believe that Jesus Christ is God in flesh. And we see this in John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that that is speaking of Jesus. And we have all throughout the New Testament the teaching that Jesus is God in flesh. Now, I did mention this in a, in a previous podcast, but I think this is important and relevant. Okay, Now, when we say that Jesus is God, what we're also saying is that the person of Christ shares in all of the divine attributes so that the Father has attributes. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient. He knows all things. And omnipresent, he is everywhere present. And we would argue that the Son, in a very profound way, shares those attributes. 
And so if the Son is God in human flesh and shares the divine attributes, it would seem to follow also that Jesus has the quality of omniscience. Jesus knows all things. Now, why is this relevant? If Jesus is God, and he is, and God knows all things, and he does, then it would seem to follow that Jesus knows all things, which he does. But then in regards to the false prophets, in, in one of the Gospels, Jesus says there will be those who will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not perform miracles in your name and cast out demons in your name? And what does Jesus say? He says, get away from me. I never knew you. Get away from me. I never knew you. Now, this is an interesting statement by, by Jesus because if Jesus is God, he knows all things and he knows all people. But then we ask the question, in what sense does the omniscient Christ, who is the judge of all the earth, in what sense did he not know these people? Where he says, get away from me, I never knew you. Well, because he is omniscient, the knowledge that is being spoken of there cannot be referring to an intellectual knowledge. God knows all things and he knows all people because he knows the hearts of men. But the context here is that the knowing is the knowing of relationship. Okay, you see this, uh, uh, an, an example um, sexually applied in the Old Testament, where Adam knew his wife and she became pregnant. And of course, the knowing there is uh, in reference to the intimacy of, of, sexual, of sexual relationship, right? Um, now, again, it's not exactly the same when we're referencing God, obviously, but uh, God knows his people within the context of relationship, and he knows all people in regards to his omniscience, but he does not know all people in regards to relationship, okay? That's very, very important. And so when we are considering Jeremiah 9, 23-24, God delights that we know him, the relationship, and understand him. And how do we come to know and understand, which two things that go very close together, is confronting him, confronting God in his word. You couldn't know anything about God unless God decided to reveal himself. And we find that God has revealed himself within the pages of scripture. And of course, he's revealed himself in the created order. Because what can be known about God is made known to us through what has been made. So God is a God of revelation and it is the job of the christian in general and the christian apologist specifically to study and plunge the depths of the word of god so that we can be more effective in fulfilling the plan of god for our lives in the expansion of the kingdom of god and um, and and just being willing to be used in whatever purpose that god sets for, uh, sets us uh, to accomplish, of course, being equipped with his word and the knowledge that we have of him. All right. So how, how would we memorize scripture? Well, there are a bunch of ways to memorize scripture. Uh, for example, there's, there's many ways we could intake scripture. We can take scripture in by reading. We can take scripture in by hearing. Uh, and I think this is very important when you use multiple senses. Of course, uh, this makes the process easy uh, to, to memorize where we are reading and taking in. We are speaking out loud, and so we're speaking as well as hearing. Um, and we can meditate on God's word. Many, many ways to take in God's word, and, and people have different learning strengths. And so you want to know what your learning strength is and study in a way that caters to those strengths so that you're in a better position to memorize what you're reading.
And of course, we begin with memorization and memorization and meditation. Hiding God's word in our heart, again, caters to understanding. As we as we meditate and reflect and we study what the word of God says, we begin to understand and we're able then to uh, put into practice, uh, you know, the principles that are recorded in God's word. Okay, so memorization, the, the Bible has to be the background music of your life, which means you need to be reading it every day. When you read the Bible, take out a pen, take out a notebook, write in your Bible. Uh, you know, use these tools to help you memorize and to imprint the Word of God into your heart. Okay, so taking notes is helpful. Highlighting is helpful. Making flashcards are helpful. Um, uh, working along with someone else, studying, having a study partner who uh, will keep you accountable as to memorizing scripture and things like that. Uh, there are di different. Uh, ways you can do this when when you're reading the Bible for example you're reading a verse and you seek to memorize a particular Bible verse repeat it multiple times emphasize different words until you until you've got it just like a memory verse uh, or I'm sorry memorizing a, a phone number it's repetition it's repetition this is not very uh, <laughs> this is not very relevant today since we don't memorize um, uh, phone numbers today because of the culture we live in today. We're a very visual culture, of course, technologically reliant. Back in the biblical times, they were very much an oral culture, and memorization was something that was very much prized, and that's not necessarily the case today. Um, but but these are important things. If we want to memorize Scripture, it's going to be something that you need to take the time to do, to be intentional about, and when you, um, and when you do that, then the 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 payment the payoff of that is is not only a life filled with the word of god and 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 a a resource that is hidden in your heart that you could employ at a moment's notice to employ and 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 put in use the practical principles of the word of god but you also from an apologetics perspective you have sharpened your sword and you are able to um pierce through falsehood. See, that's that's the other benefit of memorizing Scripture, is that when you memorize Scripture, you're memorizing truth. And when you memorize truth, then you're able to identify and be sensitive to the appearance of error and bring correction by the Word of God. All right? So these things are very, very important. I cannot overemphasize enough the importance of memorizing Scripture as Christians and more specifically as Christian apologists. All right? So, uh, that being said, I want to wrap things up here. Uh, my my hope for everyone who's listening is to and, and who are interested in apologetics. My hope is that you take the study of God's word very very seriously and the memorization of God's word very very seriously. Because um, in doing so, not only are you are you doing something that God delights in, but you're also sharpening your tools to be used by God within the context of evangelism and apologetics, and you're able to do it in a way that is honoring to God and accurate to Scripture. All right. All right, well, that's it for this episode. I hope that you have found this edifying and useful. Once again, if you are finding this um, podcast um, helpful, please be sure to subscribe to Revealed Apologetics on iTunes and, of course, Revealed Apologetics, the YouTube channel um, as well. If you have any questions, Bible questions, um, I, I do check my email all the time, revealedapologetics at gmail.com, and so I could provide an answer um, through email. And if you have specific topics you'd wish me to cover or questions you wish me to address um, in a podcast um, uh in the, within the context of this podcast, please email me at revealedapologetics at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care and God bless. Bye-bye.